But they had a little thing on their site, which is really cool. They had a little thing that says feedback. But yeah, it was mainly just kind of, you know, people are really accessible, especially in California. Your users wouldn't create, wouldn't give you a major attention, which I think by and large is true. Because they're not going to know the product, they're not going to know what you want. Before we start, I'd just uh, introduce Richard White and give you a little bit about him. He uh, started in 2000, Collective Core, um, creating, uh, he founded Collective Core. He created a product for healthcare facilities to educate patients um, with video and uh, television channels. Then he went on to Netcentric and um, was working on a product called Meeting Studio for um, planning and reviewing organizational meetings. After that, he went to a company called Kadro, where he, uh, he worked on a food, in food, what was it, food safety auditor program. They're all very sexy app. productivity apps, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, There's no throwing sheep or killing vampires here, that's for sure. After that, he went over to Kiko, the company. He uh, worked as a UI designer there, designed CSS interfaces. He had some time after that to go create a Rails, uh, Rails plugin to generate some, um, some uh, what was it? Interf- it was uh, interface, admin interfaces for... Uh, admin More sexy stuff. Yeah. Databases, right? Uh, yeah. And then... After that, he founded the timer, the Slim Timer uh, company, uh, where it was uh, a tool to time your tasks and uh, make sure you're on time with things and uh, getting follow through on them. And then finally, over to User Voice, where uh, the company just took off, uh, and he'll be talking about User Voice and sort of lessons learned from the last two years and uh, everywhere he's been. So with that, we'll start. We'll have about 25 minutes or so um, of discussion. I just urge you guys to think of questions, and as he's talking, just raise your hand, just throw them out there. We want to make it as interactive as possible. And then the last five minutes, all of us will just be bombarding you with questions. Probably. And uh, very interactive. So let's just start by setting it up. You know, How did user voice start? What was the idea? Um, how did it start gaining traction? And All right. If you don't mind, I'm going to sit down, actually, first, because yeah. otherwise it feels awkward. This is a cozy little room, and we can all <laughs> sit around and talk about things. And I'll have to stand up for 30 minutes. Um, so how do we start user voice? Uh, really simple. So we had a, the, uh, started doing s- startups for real. That was a nice little, uh, there was a walk down memory lane there. I was like, I don't remember half of those things. <laughs> um, uh, we started doing, started doing startups a couple of years ago. Uh, I worked with one of the, uh, I was working on basically productivity apps. And I remember emailing these guys up in Cambridge who were working on like one of the first Ajax calendars. Um, it was like before Google Calendar. It was back when like just doing something with Ajax made you feel like it was a real business. It's like we did X, but it's Ajax. Therefore, it must be a business, right? There's got to be a business around that. Better interface. Um, and I emailed those guys and said, you know, your product is really fascinating. Like, you have all the sorts of things. You can drag and drop things. It looks like shit. And I can't, it took me 15 minutes to find. It had all sorts of progressive disclosure of, like, you know, if this, then this, then this menu item appears. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Um, and so I remember emailing them that, and they were kind of surprised that people, because they got their TechCrunch post, they are kind of surprised that people were like, yeah, this thing sucks. Um, it's a really good thing to say to people, though, kind of, like, surprised them. And so I ended up working with that. That was Kiko. 
And so it was kind of like we, we put out a version 2 that did really well. Um, it didn't do well enough because we all got kind of tired of it and we went on to something else. But before we did, uh, one of the other guys, who's Justin Kahn, who I think is going to be here yeah. at some point, yeah. uh, who does Justin TV, yeah. his brilliant idea is we'll throw the whole website up on eBay. So to date, I believe Kiko.com is the largest exit on eBay. Not by eBay, but sold on eBay. So they sold on eBay, uh, put it up there for, I think, you know, a dollar, and put a reserve price of 50 grand. And uh, everyone was like, oh, that's never going to work, and that's silly. And then it sold for a quarter million dollars. And then about 10 other people put their sites up there, and no one made anything. So first mover advantage is important. Um, but it was my experience doing that. So I think when we were hanging out in the back room, I kind of mentioned that I'm a computer science guy. I'm a Rails guy, as you mentioned. But more of my interest has become kind of the design side of things. Um, uh, so I always feel intimidated coming to work, coming to places like this where you guys will call real designers, right? With like that action, as opposed to me where I kind of fake it till you make it. Um, but we were doing UI design on Kiko, and it's a three-person team. And what we found really early on was that, you know, the design guy is the guy that gets all the feedback. And people say, well, it should do this and not that, this and not that. And then the engineers are saying, well, what do we, what, what do, we need to do next? And so the design guy kind of in a small startup becomes the de facto product manager in a way. Um, and so we had message boards and we had emails coming in. And we had, this was pre-Twitter, but we had you know, all sorts of people talking about it. And I th- remember spending a couple hours a day being like, oh, good, listening to customers. What are they saying? And at the end of the day, they're like, so what do we build? And I'm like, I think most people are asking about this. Great. Wait. We have some questions for them, those people about what, you know, they want this feature. What do they want? It, what does it actually mean? How do they want to use it? How can we tell them when it's done? I'm like, well, I don't really know. There, some of them are over here on the message board. Some of them are over here on our blog comments. Some of them email me. I talked to this one guy on the phone. Um, and so it got really messy. And it was funny because we were in the same room as these guys that do this site called reddit.com, which is kind of a dig style thing. And so right across the, the, the aisle from us where these guys do this really cool stuff with voting things up and down. And so I was like, huh. So after Kiko kind of, you know, went its way on eBay, it kind of sat down and scribbled out some, some ideas. And one of them was, uh, I was really inspired by this guy, Joel Spolsky, who, who's kind of, a, kind of a product development kind of guru guy. And he wrote this whole article about a project management game you can play. So you're trying to prioritize features. And he said, you give all your developers, so everyone in this room, we get 50 bucks. Here's our, te- you know, 20 line items we could build. It's all kind of, you know, I want to put $5 towards this. I think it's valuable. Right? And so you create a market around, you know, kind of crowdsourcing to your internal team. And so kind of like working on that, working with the Reddit guys and saying, okay, do that with users, do it with your internal team. And that's kind of what the Genesis for Voice was. I don't want to have to listen to people all the time and figure out who, who's interested in what and what's the most important thing they're interested in, which just creates some sort of game mechanic that kind of roughly approximates this market, this kind of market economy of, oh, you know, here's your currency, here's some votes, go spend it on which ideas you want most. And then if we have questions for you, we can ask you a direct question. And when it's done, we'll know when it's done. Um, so we, were, we built that in like uh, December of 07. Uh, we had a very strict rule. I was working with another guy. There's two of us to start off with. We had a very strict rule where we would do three months of consulting, and then we'd do about six months, eight months of a startup, which is like enough time to do you know, a, a version one, get it out there, see if it has any uptake. And so we cycled through a couple things that didn't pan out until we got to this, and this felt really good. It was kind of in scope. We could build it in about, you know, we built the first prototype in about a month and a half. We lashed it up to an existing project. It kind of worked, Yeah, threw a couple thousand people at it. Uh, all the ideas came back that I kind of expected because I'd been talking to people. Great. So it roughly approximates, you know, wh- what I was doing manually. Um, 
showed it to some other people. They said, yeah, we'll use that. And so kind of went from there. So, you know, we launched in April of 2008. Uh, we, I think, we were really uh, good to get some really good customers early on, um, which is good because we are very, I don't know if you've ever seen the product, but it's a very kind of viral B2B thing. If, you know, if a large company is using a user voice forum, it's kind of an interesting thing, and everyone says, oh, I want one of those. Um, so, for example, we worked with a company called Stack Overflow, which is uh, like Yahoo Answers for developers when they were building out their app, and they said, ah, we've built the minimal version of Stack Overflow. Everyone go over here and vote for what the next feature is. And I think they went through something like 556 ideas were completed. They basically built the whole thing with this. And in the process of doing that, 700 other account people signed up for accounts that were Stack Overflow users. Uh, and so we replicated that with different Twitter apps, and we replicated that with different uh, design tools. <laughs> so we really just kind of bootstrapped our whole, our whole user base by basically latching onto these kind of builder communities, developers, designers, social gurus on Twitter. Um, and so that kind of got us through some awkward moments of 2008, roughly speaking. Um, and then this year, we, uh, we launched some premium versions uh, after doing some very awkward enterprise sales and realizing that's a terrible idea for us to do. Um, but we learned, we learned some, some good feature differentiation. And so we, we launched some freemium stuff earlier this year. And then we raised some money about the same time. Uh, it's really good to raise money when you don't have enough revenue runway for anyone to do real projections. Like, People are paying money, and it's going up. I can't give you 120 days worth of data or anything, but you should get it now while it's exciting. And so that's, you know, with investors, sometimes that's a good thing to do. Uh, but no, we, so we raised about $800,000 from a lot of investors, actually. It's kind of the new, the new Series A in, in the Valley is kind of the $500,000 to a million dollar round. We did it from like seven different people, <laughs> which is a little crazy, but uh, we have investors in London, uh, New Zealand, New York, Phoenix, and San Francisco. Um, and so now we're up here. We actually we were in Santa Cruz for a little while. Now we're up in San Francisco, New Union Square. There's seven of us, and we're kind of chugging along. Uh, we got some really cool stuff on the way, but right now we're just you know, keeping up with, with the 28,000-plus organizations that are putting little feedback tabs on their site. So in the process of you know, gaining traction there, you got Stack Overflow and you got a couple big clients. Non-paying talk, clients. Non-paying <laughs> clients. Talk about you know, the process there. How, how does the gaining traction go? It's amazing what happens when you just talk to people. Um, one of our, like, one of the guys who brought in early, uh, one of the other co-founders, Marcus Nelson, was on Twitter, and we were having this big debate where he's like, oh, I'm going to talk to people on Twitter. This is like 2007, 2008. I'm going to talk to people on Twitter about what we do. And I'm like, that's retarded. Why are you talking to individual people? Like, that's, because uh, I, all the stuff we've done previously, you do blog marketing, right? You set up your Google alerts, you know, people write about your competitors, you go to them, and you say, hey, I've got this product. You know, you don't write in the comments because that's spammy. You contact them and get them to write about you, and great. You talk to one guy, and he gets you in front of his 400 readers, 4,000 readers. That scales. Talking to individual people on Twitter, that's stupid, right? Like, that was the conversation we had. I'll admit that. Um, <laughs> but to his credit, he didn't listen to me, and, and he kind of went ahead and still talked to individual people, kind of without my knowledge. And I was like, whatever. Um, but, you know, talking to individual people, you know, in, in that early stage, especially for us, right? For, for, if we were a B2C startup, if we were, you know, trying to get you to, you know, tend your garden, farm bill kind of thing. Maybe talking to people wouldn't work. Um, but if we can go to the right people, if, you know, hey, would you use this? Here's why. And, and we can get, you know, all sorts of that, that referral. 
kind of that referral loop of people seeing it work. It kind of works that way. So, I mean, we did have some purpose to it. We said, you know, these are the, type, these are the people we want to get in front of. So we had special plans. for. T we gave you all the Twitter apps, talked to every Twitter app we could, and said, you should be using this, um, and talked to all the design developer guys. But, yeah, it was mainly just kind of, you know, people were really accessible, and especially in California. Uh, when I moved out here three years ago, I think that's, we have all these investors and entrepreneurs come over from, from like, Europe, and they're like, what's, what's so special about California? I'm like, no one says no to a meeting here. Right? And no one says, like, no to, like, most anything. Like, you ping them, like, you should really use my tool. Can I always tell you about it? They're oh, okay, you know. Um, so you kind of, you know, it's amazing how, how much, you know, affordance you have for those sorts of things. So that's kind of basically what we did. We got it up there a few places. Uh, we, right before South by Southwest, we had this idea. I saw on the site, it was called I'm in Like With You, uh, which is now OMG Pop. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a closet gamer. Like, uh, no one here like that. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they had a little thing on their site, which is really cool. They had a little thing that says feedback. It was like on the top of their site. And you click on it, and it would pop up this contact form. Oh, so that's a, it's really cute. And we had a problem at that point, which is we had people using our site. But uh, the presentation I gave in Norway was, you know, you can do all, we had this, you know, all the intention in the world of you know, how to do what I call kind of community-driven design, right? How to build an app that's good for the community, if not the individual user. Um, it all doesn't matter if no one gets gets to it, right? So we'd have people set up user voice forums and then like change the contact link in their footer to say go to user voice, and it's kind of like, well, yeah, great, you know, what five people show up there, um, and so these guys had this tab. So right before South by Southwest, we're like, yeah, banged it out on the weekends. Like we can build our own little tab, and that was actually probably the best brand building thing we ever did, right? So now we've got a widget on everyone's site that says feedback, pop it up, and it's powered by user voice, and I think today, you know, like I said, the referral on a Stack Overflow or someone else. 45% of our new accounts come through someone else's account. That's either a Powered by logo or actually seeing a whole other forum. Um, so, you know, getting, getting some real estate on other people's places, like, you know, you've seen the tweet this stuff, like the tweet meme guys, right? If you can get some real estate on someone else's site, right, and it's very clearly yours, and then everyone, oh, I, you know, oh, I want that, oh, I want that. And, I mean, the sentiment we got near the end of the year was kind of, you know, we talked to larger customers. Like, we, larger companies would come to us. Originally, when we went to larger companies, they're like, who the hell are you? talk to this guy or whatever. But we got to the end, they're like, oh, I've seen this in like eight different places. It must be legitimate. Okay, you can skip past step A where we kind of beat you up about how, how you know, legitimate you are as a company. Um, so I think it's, it's, you know, it's great for kind of creating an impression, right? Like, even if you're only on, let's say we only made, we're only on 100 sites, but we're probably all on 100 sites that you've all, everyone's seen because it's kind of a, you know, kind of that kind of network growth so that it looks like, wow, you're in every site I know. Right, because I want to go to TechCrunch and TechMeme and stuff like that. How do you, um, obviously, you know, the 30-second signal tech probably follows kind of their train of thought of you know, getting real. Uh, a lot of their thought is about, you know, only doing things that come out m numerous times from your customers, right? And they almost delete all requests for things and they focus on a few things. Um, how do you guys... In some ways, you have the same philosophy, but it's, it's through the community. But you're exposing everything that everyone is thinking. Have you, have you learned anything in that process? And kind of, what's your thoughts on how they approach customer-driven? Well, I mean, the, so a couple thoughts. One, the Stack Overflow, which I think is by far they were the most aggressive users of user voice to kind of do what I'll call co-creation of a product, right? right? Um, and even there, they declined sixty some odd percent of ideas. Mm -hmm. And actually, that to me is one of the like the biggest metrics for how you know 
how healthy is a company like with its kind of how transparent is it being, right? Because most ideas aren't going to work. Um, so I completely subscribe to, you know, it's a good thing. So we can't do this and here's why. I think it's silly to kind of say, you know, oh, we don't want to put that up. We don't want people to see that. The number one idea on our forum is about to be declined. It's 2,000 votes for it and it's about to be declined because it just doesn't make sense. Uh, it's called, it's, it's about can we vote things down? And we're just not going to let people vote things down. It's just our opinion that, you know, we want to create an atmosphere where it's not about what you don't like, it's about what you do like, right? Um, and we find that voting things down is more of an expert user thing anyways, right? So we're going to, here's why we're not going to allow you to do this. We might give you some other options. The 37 singles thing, I, I, yeah, I have a lot of respect for those guys. And, and I do think, I will, you know, I, I think they, with a lot of things, they've become so, they become so polarizing that when they say something, they're like, oh, well, we said no to everything. I'm, you know, it, it just becomes a little over the top, right? Yeah. Saying no is great. And I think, but, but I say, think saying no in public actually is better, right? What's better? All of us email you individually and say, you should build this, and you tell each of us no. And then I'm, my usual thought is, you have no idea how many people want this. You just don't get it, right? People are going to see that, mo you know, the number one idea for them, there's 2,000 people that want this thing, and we're still saying no, right? So it's a different kind of no, actually. I think it's more healthy no. Right? It's not that we don't get that a lot of people need this, but we understand that we're still not doing it. And I think that's just a healthier way to do it. Plus, it also saves you a lot of time having to say it 2,000 times in a row. Have you seen any uptick in your customers and going back and forth with them? Have people actually started implementing the things from the community? Have they actually participated in that discussion and actually used the data from their users? Absolutely. I mean, that's the other uh, deck I have is like, you know, going through a lot of sites and showing, you know, what, what are the innovations that come out of it. You know, by and large, a lot of the innovation that comes out of it is was kind of an incremental innovation, right? And, and I think that's fine, right? People pitch, you know, your users wouldn't create, wouldn't give you the major innovations, which I think by and large is true because they're not going to know the product or they're not going to know it as well as you are, right? You've got to make the major innovation. But what's the difference between the BlackBerry and the iPhone, right? It's like the last mile of the product, right? It's the last, like, 10, 15 percent. You know, they all both make calls. They both, well, check email, right? What's the difference, right? The difference is the last mile, and users can't help you with the weird idiosyncrasies in the last mile. Um, we do see people do, like the major, like the big innovation that users usually provide is generally things that they get really well, like pricing, right? Or in gaming, like when we work with game companies, people get the game mechanics sometimes often better than the people, the companies themselves, right? So, I mean, we've had a couple of examples where we worked with a company called 99designs, uh, which is kind of like, uh, well, this might be heresy around here, but they do kind of like whatever you want to call it, spec or crowdsource, whatever. But they had a whole thing, which was, you know, the user said, you know, people aren't paying for their contests. We, we want to have prepaid, right? We had a thing where we didn't have a plan that was, you know, our cheapest plan originally was like $200 a month because we were dealing with larger companies. And we'd all these customers show up and say, we want a sub $100 a month plan that does this, this, and this. And then like a couple hundred people signed up for that. Okay, I guess we'll roll out that plan. So, and that's a fairly, I think, major innovation. But it has to be something that users are so close to that they can get it, right? I get what what my needs are and what I can pay for. Um, and then on the gaming side, like, people are just, you know, I've been on level 35 and been killing goats for six hours. This is really annoying, right? Uh, it, uh, people get that, right? And I think that's the kind of stuff where, you know, you can lose a lot of, like, you know, I got to level 30, you want to kind of take care of me. I mean, we worked with a lot. The gaming stuff is fascinating, by the way, just as a aside. The, like the highest, you know, we look at kind of best we can, kind of the active users, what the conversion rate is, the number of active users, the number of active users giving feedback or engaging the community. And regardless of the company, gaming, obviously, 
an order of magnitude more engagement. So those guys, you know, they get into it, and it's like they're on those forums, like you know, like, I said, like very specific things, right? The goats in this plane are not, you know, they're not dropping as many diamonds as the ones over here or something. Um, it, it's funny, like we. I want to have. I almost want to do kind of a. I want to do kind of a, a, a kind of a zeitgeist. Like, I want to do like a stumble upon of like user voice ideas, uh, because <laughs> we occasionally get things like we show. What's this thing spiking in our metrics? Like, what is this? Because it's, we don't know, right? I, mean, I don't. I don't know all the things that come into the door. What's the right thing to show up there? <laughs> but as I think with all user generated content sites at a certain scale, there's some really good stuff. <laughs>